Please, wherever you are standing, can you pick your Bible? And let's open Malachi chapter 3. We will read together. Malachi, I begin reading from chapter 2, verse 17. Um, I'll read one verse and I'll request that you read the next until we get to verse 6. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied him? When ye say, Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them, or where is the God of judgment? Verse 1 of chapter 3. Behold, I will send my messenger. And he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come into his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he shall purify the sons of liver and purge them as gold and silver and they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old, and as in the former years. For I am the Lord God, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. 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 Spirit of God, think on us this morning. And speak within the very few minutes we have your word that we position us in preparation to meet our God. Send a word that will not send us out of your presence on the day of judgment. Speak a word that will speak through our lives, sojourn on earth, and that will keep us in tune waiting for your eternal coming. Lord, every heart that strayed into this place. Please, Lord, intervene. Let your word come with power. Let it come with precision. And let it come with understanding. Spirit of God, have your way. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And let the church say louder, Amen. And let the church shout a bigger Amen. 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 Um, um, we're discussing this morning, he will sit as a refiner of fire and as a purifier. While I don't want to get into the context of Malachi, what that means to set the settings of Malachi, because that's going to take um, a lot of our time, I will go straight into bringing out just few points that are crucial as we prepare to meet our God. When I saw the theme and the topic, I was saying that this is not a common thing you hear about. And um, I also know that some of the things we'll be sharing this morning are not very familiar messages um, that you always hear from time to time on the television, on the media. But it's a vital tool and a vital place if we must meet the Lord. 
if we will not meet God in shame or in pain, but we will gain when he comes, then you please need to try to pay attention. I will try to be as simple, as practical, and beg the Lord that he will grant us understanding, but we need you to also tune your heart to be here. Amen. Amen. The first thing I want to pick out from this verse we read is that when we talk about the coming of the Lord here in this scripture, it was not just referring to the day of judgment. Whereas there are some verses that will be talking about the coming of the Lord in this verse referring to his second coming, you will discover that when he will come, he will not come as a refiner. When Jesus will come, he will come in glory. He will come not to refine. He will not come to purify. When we are done with our sojourn on it, and we stand before the throne of grace. And we stand before the king of glory. It will be to give account. It will not be to settle issues or to say, okay, I'm sorry. No. So when the Bible was speaking to the children of Israel and the prophets and the priests, it was not just referring to his final coming. But he was speaking to them in such a way that if they take heed to what he was saying, when he will finally come in judgment, which you will see in verse 5, they will not be put to shame. They will not be consumed. As verse 6 says, If they give heed to the words of God, and they position themselves to tap the provision of God and the resources that God has made available. If they will respond to his coming today, they will not be ashamed of his coming on that day. And the coming of God first begins when God as he said in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, I stand at the door of your heart and I do what? And I do what please? And I knock. That's the first coming. That's the initial coming that Jesus makes to a man's life. I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Come to me, all ye that are heavy laden and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Those of you who are carrying loads of sin, loads of iniquity, loads of confusion, loads of crisis, loads of being scattered and pushed here and there, come to Jesus because he has come to your heart. He's knocking, he's knocking, he's knocking. So a man who does not respond to his coming today will surely be ashamed of his coming on that day. I need you to follow me um, very, very closely. The first thing God does, the reason why we do outreaches, we preach the word of God, we go for evangelism, is to present the first coming of Jesus to people. Is to confront them with the Jesus that has been knocking. Is to confront them with the Jesus that has been coming. When he will come on that day, he will not come with mercy. He will come in judgment. He will not come to beg. He will actually come to judge. He will not come to 
change your life. The way he meets you is the way he will judge you. So when you begin to look at the Bible, the first thing Jesus did to everyone, whether he was going to use them, was to first of all announce to them in their life that I have come. I have come. I am knocking. I am knocking. I am knocking. What are you going to do with me? How are you going to respond to my coming? How are you going to take my coming? I have come. I have come. I am knocking at the door of your heart. Open it. Drop your loads for me. Drop your confusion for me. Hand over your life to me. Now, the second thing I need you to notice is that when he comes, when he comes into your heart, into your life, and you decide to say, Jesus, Jesus, I have seen your love. I have seen what you did when you came to Calvary. I have seen the kind of mercy you have for me and the love you have for me. I open up my heart to you. I open up my life to you. Coming. Now, that's where the first problem is. The Bible said that who can stand the day of his coming? Many times we open our lives to Jesus, but we don't want to bow to him. We accept him as Savior, but we don't receive him as Lord. Now, can you go back to Malachi chapter 3? I want, to, I want you to... Malachi chapter 3. And the Lord whom you seek, the Lord whom you are crying for, He will suddenly come to His temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, He shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of His coming? And who shall stand when he appears? Sometimes you are tempted to think that this scripture is talking about the final coming of the Lord. But they may not be very different. Whenever God steps into a man's life, God first of all dethrones that man from the throne. Jesus does not only come as a savior, he also comes as what please? As a Lord. He does not want to stand in your life and something else stand in your life. And one of the greatest hindrances to the expression of God in the life of any man is the man's self. It's not even the external things that serve as temptation. The first God that God in heaven wants to dethrone is you and I. So everywhere through scripture, whether in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, when God encountered a people or a person, God wanted them to bow. God, and in fact, when God was raising the first commandment, he said, Thou shall have no other God beside me. Thou shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart. There is no competition. There is no comparison. When I come, I dethrone everything else. So Paul was on the way to Damascus. He had his plans. He had his programs. He had his agenda. He had what he was going to do. He had everything in his mind. And this is what I will achieve on his way to Damascus. And God came in between the journey. After that man encountered God, everything about his life scattered. True or false? Where he was going, did what? He did what, please? He changed. What he was seeing, God needed to scatter his eyes. And that thing does not happen God desires that it happens the moment you give your life to Christ. You see, giving your life to Christ is not a ceremony. It's actually a barrier. When you come to Jesus and you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. And Jesus is asking us what? And I want to ask you, when you received him, when he came into your life, what did he come as? You received Jesus, 
but you were still the Lord. You determined where you went. You determined how you went. You determined what you did every day. You determined how you lived your life. You determined who you married. You determined where you walk. You determined everything. You have walked your life all through. You walked your way through primary school. Your parents walked your way for you to secondary school. Everything has been working. And you have been walking everything to walk. And Jesus is standing beside and he's saying, can you imagine I am here? And this man is still in charge. Who shall stand when he comes? Who shall endure the day of his visitation? So when God steps into a man's life, God takes over. Can I hear you say, take over? Now listen to me. If God... If you don't, if you didn't receive Jesus like that, the chances of you meeting God is slim. What did I say please? The chances of you arriving in heaven with glory is what please? Is slim. If he didn't step into your life and alter your program, Nothing changed about you. You are just what you have ever planned to be. Then I want to assure you that it's going to be hard for you. This is the first point I want to make. When he comes, when he appears into your life, when he came to Moses, it was the same thing. He said, remove your shoes. When he came to Joshua, Joshua was even fighting for God. And when Joshua said, have you come for us or against us? He said, no. I actually don't come for a man. I come as a commander. Have you read that scripture before? I don't have the liberty of time to read it. In Joshua chapter 5. Joshua, there was a mighty man that stood as they were about to enter Jericho. And Joshua asked that man, he said, um, did you come us? Did you come for us? Or you came for our enemies? And the Lord said, I don't come for a man. Everywhere I come, I come to command. I don't come to help you achieve your project. I don't come to help you achieve your ambition. I come with my own project. I come to dislodge you from the throne and to set myself up as king. So please, can you help me ask your neighbor, how did God come into your life? Just help me ask your neighbor. And when he comes, he will sit as a refiner of silver. How many of us have ever seen how gold or silver is refined? Or you have read it on the internet. Or you were taught of something. Or you came across an information. Let me see your hand. Okay. Okay. Please, who can tell me one very crucial thing about refining of gold? Or refining of silver? Or refining of precious metals? Please, any volunteer? Quickly. Quickly. Just, yes, yes, ma. It has to go through what? Fire. Is fire optional? Please, can you ask, talk to me. Is fire in refining silver for high commercial value, is it optional? What is the major thing that is used to refine silver? What is the major thing? Fire. Fire. And please, is fire an enjoyable experience? Is fire exciting? And that is going to be the remaining part of our message. So when a man comes and says, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus will really ask, are you sure? Do you want to be the Lord and I stay in the boys quarter? You are the landlord and you choose wherever to stay and rent the remaining for me? 
or you want me to come as Lord. Yes, I will save you from masturbation. I will save you from fornication. I will save you from immorality. I will save you from lying. I will save you from confusion. I will save you from destruction. But after I have saved you, I will, pre- I will build my throne. I will set up my organogram. And I will bring out a program called fire and refining. Are you ready? And I think that's the question we should ask. When people want to give their life to Christ. That I don't just step into people's life with air condition. Air condition is good. Air condition doesn't change anything. You know what air condition does? It just keeps you in, a, in an enjoyable state. It doesn't produce change. If you want to cook your food or maybe boil egg, you carry it and put on the AC of your car to the highest and you drop the egg inside the AC and say, I will come back after two hours. This air condition that I bought with very, very heavy money, please help me cook this food. What will happen when you come back? Unfortunately, in church, we have raised more air conditioner Christians. We have raised Christians who like pete, 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 soft touch. Pleasure people. People giving to enjoyment. And I read my Bible, I read my Bible, I read my Bible. I don't see it. I don't know, you may show me. Now, let's read the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I will, I will try to do a lot of reading of the Bible. Now, somebody please read Deuteronomy chapter 8. For us, verse 1 to 5, quickly. Another person, please prepare to read um, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 to, I think, verse 3. Somebody else, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11. Somebody else, Acts chapter 14, 21 to 22. You know what I wanted to do? What I want to do? I want us to read the Bible. Because people have not been reading the Bible to you. And even when they read it to you, you don't like it. You just, everywhere in your own Bible is enjoyment, prosperity, promotion, progress, promoting again, increase, enlargement, healing, expansion, grace, all those things that will not change your state. You have been attending all those programs for years. Those prayer houses, you have been going there, nothing has changed about your life. You will be ashamed when you meet with God on the last day. In fact, you will not even be able to offer up proper sacrifices to Him. You know, when you read Malachi, it says, Then, after I have purified them, the house of Levi will present sacrifices to me that is acceptable. So, there are sacrifices you present and God said, the man who is holding it is an air-conditioned Christian. When did we sit over his life with fire? When last did he see fire? Every fire we brought for him, he dodged it. Every opportunity to experience fire, she dodged it. She said, I don't like this. This is not the will of God for me. For I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Hallelujah! And say, yeah. So you have been dodging every experience, God. In fact, some of you, your parents have already secured your future. They forced you to read the course you are reading so that you won't suffer in future. They say it is only people who are studying medicine that can put food on their table. So you have, you have developed a mindset and you have escaped the furnace. And you are planning to meet God in glory. And he will say, welcome my beloved son. Is anybody in Deuteronomy chapter 8? 
Deuteronomy 8. Thank you. Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 5. Quickly. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then, you will live and multiply. And you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Two. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years? Please, I want you to follow Mommy, please, just be patient with us. Remember what? How who, please? How the Lord your God led... No, you didn't hear. How who, please? The Lord your God. Which Lord? Your God. The Lord your God seated in heaven, yes? Humbling you and testing you to prove your character. He humbled you. He tested you to prove your character. Yes? And to find out whether... Or not, you will obey his commands. Hmm. Yes. Verse 3. Yes. He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and to your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. For all these 40 years, your clothes did not wear out. And your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines his child, a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. It's already clear that we cannot get to the middle of what we should have discussed today. But I don't, because I'm going to read the New Testament... I don't want to settle in this Deuteronomy. Is somebody in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 to 3? This is what the Lord says He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the river, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Thank you, Mommy. Thank you very much. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11. I will read that uh, very quickly. Someone else open Proverbs 3, 11 to 12. Just write the scriptures down. Acts 14, 21 to 22. John 16, 33. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 2 to 3. Am I too fast? Proverbs 3, 11 to 12. Acts 14, 21 to 22. Please, when you go back, just be a Berean Christian and check all of this. John 16, 33. Did you get Acts? John 16, 33. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, 29 to 30. 2 Timothy 3 verse 12. Philippians chapter 1 verse 29 to 30. Matthew chapter 5 verse 11 to 12. Hebrews 12 verse 5. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son. How many of us are children of God? You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Raise your hand where you are. You are sure of it. You handed over your life to him. And he stepped in as the Lord. He stepped in as your savior. He stepped in as your commander. Then listen to what he's saying to you. My son. Do not make light of my discipline. And do not lose heart. When I rebuke you. Because I your Lord. Discipline those that I love. And I punish. I rebuke everyone. Can we say everyone? Everyone 
I have accepted as a son. Endure hardship. Endure difficulty. God is treating you as a son. For what kind of son is not disciplined by his father? And I want you to know that if you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children. You are a bastard. A Christian that is not enjoying and looking forward to fire, to hardship, to suffering, should be checking your legitimate your legitimacy as a child of God. When it looks like everything around you has been rosy for the past two years, every of your need, everything you want, you just get it, bam. Everywhere you knock on the door, the thing opens, wah. There is nothing difficult. You have not suffered hunger. You have not passed through pain. Something that shook your heart. And you could find solace only in God. And you were shouting, God, where are you? And he said, I'm here. I'm sitting down watching you. I'm watching as you are passing through the fire. I'm watching as you, and you see, you cannot escape it because this is a right and a privilege of sonship. Yesterday night when I was praying, God said I should speak to somebody. You are passing, God has allowed you to pass through a situation in life. In the last two weeks, things, there was, I was just discovering that things were tough. I tried all my prayer pattern. It didn't work. I prayed like this. It didn't work. I prayed in the night. It didn't work. I prayed in the day. It didn't work. I prayed with my wife. It didn't work. So one day I said, God, you need to tell me what's happening. He said, you can't be planning to go and preach about fire. And you have not seen fire recently. I said, ah. After that day, I stopped praying. I knew that this one, this kind, hey, we not go by prayer and fasting. This one is fatherly testing. And you know, when I read the Bible, it said God will sit down. He will sit down and will be watching you. When you have passed through the fire and it has produced a character and a life in you that God is pleased and God is looking at your life, you are shining. God will say it's enough. Let them enter the promised land. It is only bastards. When you arrive in heaven and you come and you say, Yes, I was the senior, this and that, God will say, Stop that, stop that shift. But you are a bastard child. Go and read Proverbs chapter. Let me finish. I'll read Proverbs 3 verse 11 to 12 and I'll begin to round up. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children. You are not a true son. There are fake children of God amongst us. Somebody was sharing with us over the week in a program. He said he pastored a member who came to give testimony in church. And said, God, I prayed. And I told God, if you don't respond, I will backslide. <laughs> and you see, I like God. <laughs> he said, I will not respond. Backslide. So you have a child. You are praying, this baby must not die. This baby must not die. God will say, I'm the one that gave you the baby. No be so. I want to carry the baby away. He said, God, but I carried it for nine months. He said, if I didn't give you, will you carry? And I want to teach you that it's not about the baby. There's something I'm doing in your life. So that you can stand and shine for me. 
And you see a brother who is serving God. A sister who is dedicated to God. Their baby just died. Somebody just died. And Jesus and God will still be sitting in heaven. And said, I'm still God. I want to test the originality of your sonship. I want to test. And it's not optional. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirit and our life? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought it was best. But God disciplines us for our good. And that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. It is painful. It is difficult. It is humbling. You can imagine somebody who is a doctor. You are a doctor of all medicine. You have read it and read it and reached the level that you can't read again. God will give you a sickness that you can't cure. Or you don't know that God does that. So that as you are curing people, you will, be, you will be humbled to know that it is not about you. Paul came down with revelation from heaven. He came down with revelation. And he just writes this book. It comes out. People, he goes here and preaches things happen. And God went and walked Satan. He said, Satan, send a messenger to my servant. I want to humble him. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to humble him. And Paul knelt down and prayed. He said, God, take this away. One, God, are you hearing? And he went, this is Paul that when he prays once, things happen. Sometimes he doesn't pray. Demons are flying. He said, God, I'm praying to you. Are you hearing God? I'm counting it all. When he prayed a third times, And he said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter is established. God, what is happening? He said, I am the one. You know what? I celebrate my strength when you are weak. I, I get maximum glory. When you are down. And people look at you and say. This must be nothing but the finger of God. I must pass you through the fire. When you go back. Read all those other scriptures. But if you must meet God. In glory. And you will not see him as the consuming fire. You must submit to him with his refining fire. You see, whether you like it or not, there is going to be fire. <laughs> Did you hear me? If you escape the refining fire, you can't escape the consuming fire. And every time you want to escape the refining fire, you will always drop your, your degree of sonship. You will reduce your child of Godness, if there is anything like that. You will have to go and borrow from the devil so that, and you know, the devil is the one that God uses most times. I can't come to that. How does God test us? How does God fine tune us? He uses his word. When you go back, you can read that. Jeremiah 23 29, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 13, Luke chapter 24 verse 32. Didn't his word born in our hearts as he spoke to us the word of life? So when you come to the word of God, the first thing the word of God does is looking for dross. It's looking for impurities to consume out. And you say, God, please leave this one. God, please leave this one. God will say, it's alright. When you have finished reading the word of God, it will send you for posting. Did you hear me? When you have finished reading the word of God, God will now say, we have finished with theory. The only way we, are, we can confirm whether this word has become flesh is for us to send you to posting. 
And we are going to post you into the room of a very wicked girl. And she will pepper you with fire. She will disregard you. In fact, we are going to tell your lecturer to fail you. Even when you are a student that has never failed. And what is God doing? He is using his instrument of fire. To check the legitimacy of our sonship. To remove impurity from our life. Some of you never knew. And you know one thing fire does. Is that it exposes. It exposes. If I wear plenty suit. I wear three piece suit. And I'm moving here. And heat is firing me. What will I do first? What will I do first? I will remove the first one. You will now see my shirt. If the thing becomes too serious. I will remove this one. You say ah. So the single this brother wore is dark brown, not even white. When the thing is beginning to worry me so much, I say, now wait. So many times we in pleasure, our deficiency is hidden. You cover your, 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 your foolishness. Because everything is okay. But when God puts small fire, your foolishness begins to magnify. You couldn't imagine that it is you that can react like that in the office. But when we came to church, oh no, you didn't react. Everything was cool. And you heard the word of God. God now says, let's post him, let's post her. She has been in class. Now go to the word. Go and experience what you have been hearing. And if God loves you, he will send you on his posting. Some of you ran away from a church. You say, this church, they are very wicked. This church, they don't used to help somebody. And God said, eh, you are looking for where they will help you. So I even came to this church. I thought people would show me concern. God knew that you were looking for concern. I've heard people say, I've been serving this church for 10 years. Now that my, my father died, they didn't even come for my burial. They didn't even give me plenty money as I thought. I'm changing church. I heard in that other church, they used to give them food every Sunday. So God knows that you are looking for food. And you know it is God that will make the church not to help you. So that he can expose your heart. Oh you don't know. I wish we read all the scripture. Acts chapter 14 verse 21 to 22 says. And we told you. We encouraged you. That we shall through many hardship. We must not even shall. Through hardship. Step into the kingdom of God. I also believe. Sometimes that God is the one that brought the kind of government we have in place because we were becoming too much of air conditioned Christians. We loved pleasure so much, we wanted to eat and have everything in satisfaction. We wanted to have our satisfaction. Now you carry money in your pocket, the money is useless. So you have to look up to God and say, God, if you don't help me, I'm finished. God suffered the whole Israel so that they can trust him. So that their eyes can be on him and say, Lord, I don't want to meet you in shame. I want to enter your promised land. I want to enter your Israel. I want to enter that land flowing with milk and honey. And God said, instead of 40 days, we will make it 40 years. And God kept passing them through hunger. Kept suffering them. Kept passing them through difficulty. Until they came out and said, even though he slay me, even though he slays me, yet I will trust him. My hope is built on him alone. No matter what I face, when trouble comes my way, I will praise the Lord. As we pray this, this morning, the Bible said in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 11 to 12, he said, don't, don't, don't despise the rebuke of the Lord. Don't despise it. Don't despise the chastening of God. He doesn't do it to strangers. He doesn't do it. That's why you see unbelievers, they are changing cars, they are driving this, they are doing that. Things are going well for them. If you try to pursue them, you will discover that both of you have different fathers. And our own father stands with his hand 
And he wants to get us purified. He wants to get us refined. He wants to get every dross, every impurity out of our lives. And one of his crucial instruments is the fire of experiences. And when he passes you through it, you will comfort as gold. Job said, after I have been tested and tried, I will comfort as gold. I will comfort as his pride. Then, I will offer sacrifices of praise. Bow your heads as we pray. First of all, are you sitting here and God is not Lord to you? He has not lorded over your life. You are still standing in charge. You move as you want. You go where you want and you come back when you want. Oh my God. You will be ashamed on the day of glory. And you are saying, Lord, come in your fire. Come as the Lord. Come as the Lord. Think on me. Focus on my life. Focus on my life. Pay attention to my issues. Handle my life, oh God. And let me come forth in your eyes as purified. You want to invite God again and you want to genuinely hand over. You want to sincerely hand over. You want to exchange lordship. I don't want to cajole you. Wherever you are, lift up your hands and say, Lord, I surrender. I come to you again. Not as I came before. I come to you and I call you to come as Lord. I bow down at your feet. And I hand over my life to you. I hand over my life to you, O oh God. Wherever you are, boldly lift up your hands. Father, you are seeing our hands. We received you as Savior. But we refused your Lordship. We received your salvation. But we refuse your lordship. And suddenly we have also lost the salvation. But Lord we come before you this morning. And we say Lord come as the Lord. Come and set your throne in our lives. Come and sit and settle in our lives. And begin to do your work in our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you Father. As we pray the last prayer, I want every one of us to stand up because you must pray for yourself. You are going to say, Lord, send your fire. Lord, enough of this pleasure. Some of us, God needs to arrange you away from your parents so that he can help your life. You are spoiled because you have been pampered. You have been pampered. They posted you to Meduguri. You, they walked it back to Enugu. You say, I don't want my Pekin to die. Whose Pekin will die? And you have grown up to love pleasure. They work everything for you. And you have not experienced the finger of God. I want you to pray and say, Lord, sit over my life with your fire. Put your fire in my life. Purify my life. Purify my life. Oh, I need you to pray for yourself. Don't pray for anybody. I don't want to be a strange child. I don't want to come before your throne and you will say, I don't know you. I don't know you. Where have you been? Can you pray for yourself, my sister, my brother? Can you pray for yourself? Can you say, Lord, give me grace to pass through the fire and experience of life. And through it all to trust you. To depend on you, to hold on to you. Father, we thank you. We thank you as you deal with us, as you purify, as you refine.
as you budge and make us better so that we the sons of Levi can be purged as gold and silver and we may offer to you Lord an offering in righteousness and we can stand before you complete and mature and we can be disciplined of you Lord that our lives can pick up your reflection and Father that you will have us prepared ready for your blessings for your visitation and for your work in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, are there times of discipline, hardship, challenges, difficulties that we are passing through now? Father in heaven, thank you. Because as we go through, so are you watching. So are you leading us as you led the children of Israel through the wilderness and through the 40 years we were with them to prove them, to humble them, and to show them the promised land at the end. Father in heaven, the same way, you have also watched over us. As we go through the fire, we will not be burnt in the name of Jesus Christ. As we pass through the wilderness, you will be with us in the name of Jesus. As we go through the river, it shall not overflow us in the name of Jesus. King of glory, cause us in quietness of heart in our meditation, and in our submitting to your complete lordship over our lives, to live in a life that honors and pleases you. Remove the dross in our lives. Remove the little foxes in our lives. Remove those areas that have made it difficult for you to have your way in us, and we have sat at the center of the throne. Almighty God, remove that hard-heartedness that makes us go on as usual and will not be aware of your visitation, of your use in us. You have told us earlier in this service, as we purge ourselves, as we allow you to do your work of cleansing, removing every of the mindset, lifestyle, and areas of God that do not honor and please you, we will be vessels. May we all, God, as we pass through your refining, through your discipline, through times of having your hand upon us, that we may reduce, that we may go down, and that Jesus may increase in us by every measure in the name of Jesus Christ. Have your way in us. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our ambition. Have your way in our plans. Have your way in our programs. May it be to your glory that we live day by day. And our lives begin to reflect what others desire to see. That Christ likeness that you have wrought in us according to your mercy. Thank you Lord. In Jesus name we pray.